welcome back to part two of our look at revolutions in the Atlantic world. Uh, we're going to be taking a look now today, uh, or in this episode, uh, looking at the Haitian Revolution and the Spanish-American uh, Revolutions. Uh, again, uh, I apologize for how long the last one was. Uh, I'm going to try to keep these ones quick. I kind of went off script and went into the stuff that I really like about those revolutions. This is uh, probably one of my favorite times in history, uh, but I need to try to be more concise here. So, uh, I'm going to be more concise here in this, these two, I hope, and we'll try to get through within around 10 minutes, 10 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, so Haitian revolution, uh, it all happens because the French revolution that we we're just talking about. Haiti was a French colony. They hear the declaration of rights of man and go, Hey, we're all free. There's no more slavery. Cause that's one of the things that the declaration of rights of man said. And the French went, Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. We didn't mean that. We didn't mean it was free everyone that would be crazy uh definitely not in the colonies because that will kill our economy because we make a lot of money off of haiti uh haiti was one of the most economically rich colonies um and so this colony that we're talking about the haitians or the haiti haiti um and the haitian or the colony of saint domingue as the french called it uh what will become known as haiti uh had about five hundred thousand slaves and about 40,000 whites there so a huge difference in um a huge difference in population there and they had about 40 percent of the world's uh slaves so a huge chunk uh and they're being used primarily for sugar uh, sugar growth and because you've got such a large population and such a small population of whites and all that stuff you have a lot of inequalities going on there and um, you have this highly oppressed group that is looking for a way to get out of what's going on. And, um, you also have this very structured, uh, society, this, um, we talked about how, um, before the, the, uh, social structures were based on race and they're here as well with, and it's highly structured because of the situation that's going on with the vast number of slaves versus non-slaves. So you have this group known as the Rich Whites, the Grand Blanc, uh, who are the uh, guys kind of running the place. And they don't like colored people. Uh, they try to keep them down. Then you have the Petit Blanc, or the Small Black, or Small Whites, or the Poor Whites, who uh, want to be equal with the Grand Blanc uh, and want to maintain white privileges, and but don't like the Blacks. And then you have uh, groups of mulattoes in there that are, are freed blacks uh that are looking for more rights and autonomy and to be able to rise up and then you have these slaves um who want equality for everyone and they want to end slavery because slavery is terrible these are the ones that are going to uh, really begin the revolution or 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 take the revolution to its furthest extent um but everyone was kind of fighting and wanting to see their end come about uh the mulattoes wanted their uh, the, the mixed races wanted to see their end come about of, of keeping kind of the slaves down. Uh, the whites on both occasions don't want the, the black slaves to be able to rise up because if that happens, that's going to kill the whole economy and that's not going to be good. And unfortunately that's what we're going to see happen with Haiti in the end. Um, but, uh, the, the slaves will eventually revolt and they will, uh, because of their numbers, they will be able to successfully kind of kick out the whites and you get this very brutal um, revolution that happens of them just slaughtering the Grand and Petit Blancs and even going after the mixed races 
um, it's just very violent and, 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 and just not good because of all the repression that's been going on uh, with them being slaves. And uh, they destroy the farms, they destroy the large plantations where sugar is being grown. That's going to cause consequences with their economy later on. Uh, but eventually they will, um, from the leaders, uh, the, the kind of leaders, the initial leaders of the revolution, uh, one will kind of take over the rest, and that'll be Toussaint L'Overture, who used to be a slave um, and was freed. And he will unite them. Uh, he will become a great general in using the Haitians' larger numbers and uh, their immunity to, to the uh, tropical diseases that when the French send their army in to try to take things over uh, or back over, uh, they will die from those diseases um, in, in large numbers. And uh, he almost brings about this new nation. Uh, the only problem is he gets um, undermined by a, a secondary man, uh, Jean-Jacques Des Dessalines. And I think it was Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Uh, but Dessalines, um, he will be turned over. Toussaint will be turned over. He'll be hanged by the uh, French. And Dessalines will take over and become a dictator. Um, now, before we get into Dessalines, let's, we need to praise the Haitian Revolution. It is the only and it's the only successful slave revolt that's ever happened in history. Uh, it is an amazing feat that happens. And uh, they officially or successfully broke away. And uh, when they did this, Dessalines, um, when he became kind of leader of it, and the French said, okay, we're going to leave you alone, uh, renames it instead of Saint-Domingue, um, it will become Haiti. And um, they will then redistribute the land. And the blacks, instead of focusing on large-scale agriculture and growing sugar and stuff like that, because they don't want to go through the rough process that it is to make it and refine it and do all that stuff, uh, they will go to small-scale farming, um, which is great. And it's good for the slaves to not have to work the, the grueling uh, ways that they had to before. Uh, but they also couldn't go back to growing sugar if they wanted to because they didn't have the funds to actually get the giant cauldrons and all the other equipment you need to refine sugar. And uh, so that's going to kill their economy. It goes from being one of the richest economies uh, before their revolution to one of the poorest. And it's still one of the poorest countries today. Uh, in the Western Hemisphere. Um, now, that's partially because of this shift and what they're going to do, but it's also because eventually the French will come back and say, you know what, you owe us a payment for this independence. And so they get this independence debt that it wasn't until the 1900s that the French finally said, you know what, okay, we're going to forgive you of this debt and not make you pay it anymore because uh, they weren't getting anywhere on it and they keep having disaster after disaster. It's in the middle of the Caribbean um, and you have... Uh, hurricanes that come through there and will destroy things and set things back and um you'll have uh what happens is they eventually um take out too much of the woods and so you have massive deforestation which then leads to soil erosion which means when heavy rains come it also leads to mudslides destroys things it, it it's there's just so many compounding things that happen there today that has kept it down uh but not only did the French keep it down, but you could probably guess the Americans aren't too thrilled to see a slave colony revolt. Uh, we still have our slaves in the southern colonies and the southern plantation owners and the Virginian presidents that we have who own slaves uh, don't like that idea of a slave colony making their independence. And so we try to keep them down because the Haitians are a rallying point for abolitionism and the end of slavery. And 
the one really positive thing, though, for the Americans or for the United States at this point now is that because of the failure of the French to take back the colony, because uh, Napoleon tried to and failed, he went, it's too expensive to try to have colonies in the Americas. I can't take over Europe if I have to worry about that stuff. And so it leads him to then sell the Louisiana Purchase to Thomas Jefferson for a few dollars. Okay, more than a few dollars, but but several million dollars, and that was really cheap per, per acre. And that allows the Americans to expand westward and take over more land. Now, again, let me reemphasize this because I don't think it gets emphasized enough. That was taken over land that was already claimed, or, or not claimed, but was already there, the, the Native Americans' land. But we push westward through that um, and, and take it over. So uh, we'll talk about that stuff, though, later as we go uh, through the rest of this unit and into the more modern era. Uh, the other revolution that we're talking about is the Spanish-American revolutions. Uh, this will pretty much engulf most all of South America other than Brazil because Brazil was not controlled by the Spanish, but it was controlled by, if you remember, the Portuguese. And the Portuguese kings will actually reside in Brazil uh, during this time frame that we're talking about because, well, they're kind of under threat by Napoleon. And so they don't want to be taken in by him. And so they go in and retreat to their colony in Brazil. So, Spanish-American revolutions uh, in South America uh, go from about 1810 to 1825, and there is one guy you really need to remember, and that is Simon Bolivar. Uh, also, if you want to remember his nickname, it was the Iron Ass because of how uh, hard he could ride his horse and how long he could ride it. Um, it's also a fun nickname to have. I apologize if that language offends you, but uh, that was his nickname. So, uh, how does this revolution start? Well, you have the Creoles. If you remember, these are the whites or the upper class, uh, the upper class members of society there in Spanish America. They like the ideas of the Enlightenment, especially guys like Locke and Rousseau and Montesquieu, who don't like monarchies but want to see more republics. And uh, so they don't like monarchies and they don't like the heavy taxes. And so they decide that you know what, it's time to revolt. And uh, the uh, revolt will take on different lines to different races and whatnot it, within the colonies. Uh, the, the Creoles will make a lot of promises to natives and other groups. And, and some, like uh, Simone Bolivar, uh, will actually sound like and look like they believe it, but uh, Bolivar cannot run the whole of South America after it gets its independence. And so you see those... Um, those uh, those promises being uh, taken back. Now, um, this is not as radical of, of a movement as the French Revolution, um, and it's not as radical as maybe, or it's kind of similar to the American Revolution in that you get these elites rising up in society and wanting to set uh, things in uh, a certain way. Uh, and... Um, We'll see in Mexico this doesn't happen instead. Um, well, uh, I'll leave Mexico until the end. So uh, these leaders like Simon Bolivar and then uh, Jose, Jose de San Martin, uh, they, they will come in and lead groups of uh, mestizos and eventually some will lead uh, natives uh, to rise up and, and fight against them. It'll be Americans versus the Europeans or the, the Spaniards. And so... Uh, similar to the American Revolution a little bit uh, because it's a colony rebelling. And uh, we'll see women joining this fight. 
uh, as well to help out to support the men and to support the war in whatever the way they can. But as we see with the French Revolution, as we see with the American Revolution, they won't gain any rights from this. And the Spanish will eventually win, or not the Spanish, sorry, the 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 uh, Americans. Here, the Southern Americans under Bolivar will eventually win. Uh, and his goal was to see a united Southern America, like the United States, but that doesn't happen. Uh, the colony lines uh, will become kind of like the modern states, and so that's where you get a Colombia, a Bolivia, a Peru, Chile, uh, Venezuela, all these countries that we have today in South America. Uh, come about because the one United Nation that Bolivar wanted to see couldn't happen. And the reason why we this doesn't happen, um, although Simon tried his hardest to make it happen, is there's a lot of different cultures within these different regions. you got the Incas in one area. They're going to have a different culture than those of the Venezuelans. Um, the Colombians are different. The Chileans really don't like the Peruvians. Uh, so... You have that issue. Then on top of that, you have a geographical issue with the, um, well, you have the Amazon rainforest in there, which makes it kind of hard. You've got the mountain range of the Andes dividing things up. you got major rivers. Uh, and so just geographically and culturally, it's very difficult, even though they all speak Spanish. Uh, they can't unite them. And um, so we see it divide into these countries that we roughly have today. And uh, we see them also go from being a economic power to um, losing it again just similar like the um, similar like the uh, Haitians uh, they had a lot more economic power uh, beforehand and then they lose it after this because they lose a lot of their connections with Spain they lose a lot of the resources they gained with Spain and so their trade diminishes and the North Americans kind of will they will help a little bit, but not entirely again because they don't match culturally, and um, <clears throat> the Americans want to be more like the paternal figure there with it, uh, which is where we get something like the Monroe Doctrine there, saying that the Americans are going to protect anyone from colonization after this point in the Americas, and so uh, you have that uh, that will eventually come about with this. But uh, this is a drastic change in Spanish America. All these regions become independent uh, and will become the countries that we see them as today. Uh, all about trying to end the crazy taxation that was going on from the debt that was racked up from the Seven Years' War, if you remember when I brought that up last, last lecture. Um, last one to talk about here in, the, in, in Spanish or Latin America, though, is uh, Mexico. Uh, Mexico has a revolution. Uh, but it is a revolution against actually reforming. So kind of similar to the American Revolution and that the Creoles um, there don't want to see changes happen. And actually, it's really the Peninsulares that don't want to see the major changes happening there. And so they break away from the Spanish Empire because the king is going to introduce reforms in Mexico. And so they break away to try to keep things the same. That will eventually lead to a revolution there. And we'll talk about the Mexican Revolution, uh, a later Mexican Revolution in the 19, early 1900s under Zapata and some other uh, figures um, take off. So uh, we'll talk about that one later, and that's more of the famous one. So uh, we won't try to get that one mixed up with things. Uh, and then the, actually there's one other region that you might be thinking about is what about the rest of the Caribbean? 
um, well, the rest of the Caribbean will remain colonies. Uh, they will not get their independence until later deemed so by the Europeans. Uh, they remain, or they control a, a, a strong control, or the, the Europeans will, will keep an iron fist over those other colonies because they want to make sure they're still making their money off of the sugar trade and stuff like that. So um, that'll wrap up our look at the actual revolutions. Uh, the last part, we'll be looking at those movements that come through it here. So we'll wrap that up here next.